In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Not like the brazen giant of Greek fame, with conquered limbs astride from land to land, here at our sea-washed sunset gates shall stand a mighty woman with a torch, whose flame is the imprisoned lightning, and her name, Mother of Exiles. From her beaconed hand glows worldwide welcome, her mild eyes command the air-bridged harbour that twin cities frame. Keep ancient lands your storied pomp, cries she. With silent lips, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuge of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless tempest-tossed, to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. This poem, The New Colossus by Emma Lazarus in 1882, placed at the foot of the Statue of Liberty is so appropriate these days, especially as we Americans, even those of us with funny accents, will be celebrating Independence Day on Tuesday, July the 4th, celebrating our freedom from oppression and the freedom to welcome others. And today's Gospel continues this theme as Jesus prepares his disciples to carry on his ministry. But to appreciate fully our brief three-verse Gospel lesson, we must know the context. In this chapter, Jesus tells the twelve disciples, he calls them, and he tells them about his ministry, and sends them out, giving them authority in his name to proclaim the Gospel, cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, and cast out demons. But he also warns them that as they share in his ministry, they may face rejection, persecution, suffering, fear, and also share in his poverty, depending on the hospitality of others. He told them what obedience to him and being a disciple would require. But he also told them the expected rewards of eternal life. And today's passage is all about hospitality. It's about welcoming, receiving and giving. So let's take a closer look at these small but impactful verses. Jesus said, He who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. This means that whoever receives or welcomes any strangers or disciples of Christ also welcomes Jesus and therefore welcomes God the Father into their lives. Now in the ancient world identity was tied to family and community and it was understood that in showing hospitality one welcomed not just an individual but implicitly the community who sent the person and all they represented. Therefore welcoming a disciple of Jesus would mean receiving the very presence of Jesus himself and of the one who sent him, God the Father. 
when we welcome and receive Christ in us, we become part of the body of Christ. And being part of this body means we also welcome and receive the Father who sent him and the Holy Spirit to work within us. It's this relationship which helps us to build up a group of strangers into a welcoming community of neighbours. And then he says, Whoever he who receives a prophet, because he is a prophet, shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives the righteous man, because he is righteous, shall receive a righteous man's reward. Now in biblical times, prophets were revered as spokespersons for God. But now the term applies to anyone who speaks God's message. Righteous people are those who obey God, who carry out God's will and have a right relationship with him. Prophets and righteous people take risks for Christ and may receive rejection and conflict. And those who demonstrate personal support and encouragement for Christ and his church, they assume the same risks. But in scripture, God tells the prophets, Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. Similarly, the righteous are promised that they will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Now this verse today is making it clear that you don't have to be an apostle or a disciple to support others as they carry out God's will. Anyone who welcomes God's workers, either prophet, apostle, disciple, or a righteous person, receives the same reward as the person that they welcome and they support. And then lastly, Jesus says, whoever gives to one of these little ones even a cup of cold water, because he is a disciple, truly I say to you, he shall not lose his reward. And the emphasis on, in this verse is on the actions that we can all take in support of all of God's children, all of his disciples. In this gospel, little ones often refers to children, but also refers to Jesus' growing group of new disciples, those who are young in their faith, those who are poor and vulnerable. And a cup of cold water is the smallest of gifts, but is precious to a person who is really thirsty and is a gift that almost anyone can give. This cup of cold water is like giving any small act of kindness, help or support. It's not what is being given, but the act of giving itself which is important. The smallest gift to the littlest disciple brings its spiritual reward. And though Jesus does not tell us the nature of this reward, for those who help little ones, he does assure us of its certainty. And there are many other examples throughout the Bible where we're guided to show hospitality to others. Now, a few years ago, during my sermon development class, I read an article by Dr. Michael Milton, a Presbyterian minister 
and theology professor. It was called The Secret Life of a Pastor and Other Intimate Letters on a pa Pastoral Ministry. It suggested that everyone has one sermon within them and this sermon is driven by a key message that really resonates with you. Or as in the article it asks, what is your one sermon? What makes you burn alive with Christ until the message breaks out in a holy conflagration of praise? That one sermon is the work of God in you and it will be the spirit compelling feature of your calling, your mystery, your ministry. Maybe there's some truth in that statement. Maybe everyone has one key sermon, one key scripture passage or parable that God used us to call us to follow him. God gives us spiritual gifts of the Holy Spirit and he also gives us the scriptures to guide us. And maybe he does give us a key passage that truly resonates within us that brings us into his church and motivates us to use these spiritual gifts. Maybe it's as St. Paul proclaims in Romans 12. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. And if it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Now this week, we will be celebrating our independence. And as we wear our stars and stripes shorts and t-shirts, sing God bless America, eat hot dogs and hamburgers and watch fireworks and are likely to hear the words bring me your huddled masses. Let us also celebrate the spiritual gifts God had given us and what he's calling us to do. There are many scripture verses which God implants in us just to reveal our gifts and callings such as Hebrews 13 1 and 2 Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. And maybe this draws us into welcoming newcomers, serving hospitality after services, or inviting others to attend events and help them to identify their gifts and to grow in their spiritual maturity. Or in Matthew 25, 37 to 40, when the righteous say to Jesus, Lord, when did we see thee hungry and feed thee, or thirsty and give thee drink? And when did we see thee a stranger and welcome thee, or naked and clothe thee? And when did we see thee sick or in prison and visit thee? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of my brethren, you did it to me. 
And maybe this calls you into pastoral care through healing prayers, Eucharistic and pastoral visits to all those who are unable to join us in church. Or maybe it's Luke 21, three to four. Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of them, for they all contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty put in all the living she had. Which prompts you to stewardship of the widow's might, maybe by participating in the vestry, finance commission or the investment team. Or maybe it's Matthew 19, 14. Let the children come to me and do not hinder them. For to such belongs the kingdom of heaven, which may lead you to volunteer at the children's chapel, the Sunday school, spiritual trekking, or vacation Bible school. And there are many other verses which call to outreach, to worship, evangelism, creation care, teaching, or maybe something even new. If you're still discerning what God has in store for you, it may simply be attending services and events that we hold throughout the year. Now I'm so blessed that I know the passage of scripture which called me to follow him and has been placed on my heart. But do you know yours? Amen.